everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. We are your hosts. Jessica. And I am Chris Eaton. Oh, we are back from a bit of a summer vacation. But did it really feel like a vacation, Jessica? Uh, with the amount of conventions you and I both did, possibly not. Most, I, I would safe to say, no. One more on me as well. Yeah, I mean, you did, you did more. You just came back from one. Oh, hold on a second here. I did. I actually came back from, uh, what is it? I came back from um, uh, PowerCon which moved to the great state of Ohio in the city of Columbus, which I believe you, that's your old stomping grounds. It is. It is my old stomping grounds. Which I'll say this, uh, for the most part, Columbus is quite beautiful. I was actually kind of taken away about with how nice, for the most part, that city is in the outlying areas. So it was uh, a nice... And... The big thing, Jessica, I finally got to try Tim Hortons. Oh. <laughs> I, got, I got my tin bits. Oh, you have no idea the excitement I had when we were driving around trying to find a, a Target to get some supplies. And there was a Tim Hortons in the parking lot. It's like right across the street from the Buckeyes play. And I told him, we got to stop. He's like, why? I'm like, it's Tim Hortons. He's like, I don't get it. I'm like, this is the donut of Canada. I've not stepped foot in the Great White North. We're close enough to the border. I guess they got them down here. I have to try it because California is devoid of a lot of things food wise that a lot of people talk about like back east. So when I travel, I eat like if you see me in person, it's very clear that I eat. But I always go for the thing that I cannot get at home. And I got myself a half dozen Timbits and oh, my God, were they delicious. They lived up to the name. I was quite happy. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad that you enjoyed it so much. I did. It was a good show. A lot of a lot of stuff. You know, Mondo was there. Super Seven was there. So, yeah, and that was a week and a half after getting back from the San Diego Comic Con, which uh, preceded our trip to G Fest, and that's a couple of the things we're going to be talking about today. But you also hit anime expo like a week before that so you and i, I both did. Done, like, yeah we've both done like three shows like back to back and uh, i'm not gonna lie jessica i'm starting to feel my age i'm gonna be 40 next year and once i got back from con i was just like oh like the legs they they're not they're not holding up like they used to so <clears throat> but that is the price you pay for the things that you enjoy so I figured today true. we will recap our adventures, and there is so much news to talk about. But let, first, let's uh, let's talk about our our first trip. We re- well, this is your big return to G Fest since the lockdown. Uh, it's your first time at the hotel, the new the new Hyatt. So overall, before we get into that, what was your you know, just top of your head experience. The overall experience, I really loved it. 
uh, when I walked into the higher regency of Rosemont, mm -hmm. I remember thinking to myself, it is a beautiful hotel. I like it. It's very modern. Yes. But when I looked inside, it reminds me of Peachtree. Judge Dredd. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but oh, like, you know. <laughs> that is a but beautiful like cut. Oh, my God. My hat's off to you on that one. <laughs> You know, pre-death, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, pre-death, pre-residence is screaming for their lives, you know, from from Mama. So, yeah. uh, played by the lovely Lena Headey. Oh, um, don't get me started on Dread. I love Dread so much. Such a good movie. Uh, and mm. the comics are great, too. I just, mm -hmm. but I walked in and I'm like, this is a peach tree before devastation. <laughs> so, I was like, oh, damn. Um... I had to take videos to show my best friend Sam because I was like I don't I don't even know how to describe this place, but it is it is nice because it's it's I believe a newer or at least a you know remodeled hotel. It's a newer hotel. Um, mm -hmm. It is it is very nice. I do like it a lot, and the fact that there are several layers. So if you want to go to uh, the where the panel rooms are. I think where the panel rooms and where the exhibit floor is, is one floor. And yes. then underneath is like where the signings for autographs and everything. But yes. that was how I felt about the place overall, the actual venue. But the mm -hmm. event itself, I really enjoyed because I was back seeing people that I've missed for the last couple of years. And I got to meet new people who are really awesome. And I was very, very excited to be back and to just re-experience it, especially since I wasn't there last year. Because people mm -hmm. were like, oh, you weren't here last year, so you actually don't know what it's like. But yeah, uh, I was here this year. And I basically, I also worked because I moderated a few of the panels as well. And you? we uh, was, yes. A few, that's a, yeah, a few is panel, a... Oh, yes. But I got to say, a few is is an understatement. You did a marathon on Saturday. Like, I've never seen one person moderate that many panels back to back. <laughs> I mean, our first one was ours at yes. 10 a.m. And we have the lovely Eric Burnham and uh, Dan Groning was um, there, uh, the artist. Mm -hmm. So for Godzilla the IDW uh, and it was really, really awesome to have them both. But that was our 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. So and that was, what that did was you, good. and then I well, had, a, and then I had 11, 12 and then one. And who did you moderate those panels for? Well, for ours was the one that you and I did together uh, mm -hmm. with the creative team over IDW with Godzilla, with Eric and Dan. And then after that, I had um, I had uh, Yumiko Shaku. Mm -hmm. uh, then I had Linda Miller, and then I had TJ. And uh, just for those, because this Linda, this was Linda's grand return. Uh, everyone was happy this year. Actually, we had dinner that I believe that Friday night. But the TJ panel is the one I've been getting a lot of feedback on. Um, I was uh, actually um, uh, walking around with our um, esteemed guest while that was going. So I didn't get a chance to 
see until the I think I caught the very tail end. So how was TJ's panel overall? Uh, TJ's panel went over very, very well. He had like standing room only. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt as someone who knows what it's like to wait in line, then not mm-hmm. get into the panel. I'm very empathetic. Um, they left the door open, blessedly, so people could <laughs> kind of stand outside and kind of look in and listen in. His mm-hmm. panel went very, very well because TJ is really wonderful to people. He's very generous with his time and mm-hmm. he's very descriptive with his stories. So he was able to not only answer a lot of fan questions from the juniors of our audience, but also able to regale tales of what it's like working on it, how he got the job, what his favorite kaijus are, and a few others. Well, the um, ones, well, um, let me, uh, just a smidge of business. For those who weren't able to attend, we did record all of these panels. And in the next few weeks, I will be putting them up in the stream as episodes. So if you missed out, you had, a, un, had the unfortunate opportunity of being one of those people standing at the doorway, you can at least hear those tales. So just a little business. Um, yeah, yeah. And and, and, and earlier, it's uh, Dan Trilning, not Groning. Um, mm-hmm. I was just, <laughs> I was thinking about Simpsons and somehow I just yeah. got everything. That that That's somebody else. Um, but yeah, no, it's dad, Dan Schroening, if I pronounced it correctly, but the, yes. he was wonderful. And he zoomed oh. in from out of country. He was in Canada, I believe. The great white North. Yes. Um, but to go back after that, yeah, we had TJ's panel that went really, really well. And he had a great reception. And I think people were very excited to see legendaries version of Godzilla attend because people have been asking for him for quite some time and Jeep mm-hmm. Fest brought him out this year which was really great and I would dare to argue he stole the show oh oh he did he did such a great job I, I know mm-hmm. the other guests like Linda Joe Miller has always been there as well I also oh, that yes. one I co-moderated Nigel mm-hmm. uh, Dreener was the one who mostly led the moderation there uh, mm-hmm. she's lovely. She's been a guest there before. And oh, then yes. we also had Yumiko Shaku, which a par- Yumiko Shaku, which a lot of people obviously love her for mm-hmm. many of reasons. Cause she does a great job in the films that she's in. She had a long career history and film. She has a long filmography, mm-hmm. but also she's just a sweet and kind person. Yes. So she and her translator and also a fellow director, uh, Eric MacGyver, uh, they were there, and so her panel went very well. So I felt like there's an overlap of the attendees and the guests that were there because she also, in her own way, was really welcomed and also kind of, I felt like each guest stole their show in their own way mm-hmm. because everyone really liked Mishaku a lot. So... I, I love, I absolutely love your your very sweet political way of saying everyone had a good time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think everyone was there for like different reasons. Because I saw the same people, because uh, Don Fry was also there. Don was, he's yes, a he repeated was. guest. And mm-hmm. all of them, I saw the same attendees line up for each talent or if they've met Don before they're able to re-meet him 
or if they met down already, then they're able to kind of divide their financial funds. You know, things are expensive now and then go over to like TJ's line or Linda's line or, Mm -hmm. you know, you you know, Mishaku's line. So they were able to kind of do that. But I know some people had to pick and choose or some people got to do all four guests, which was really awesome because four is a good number. It is. I think that's um, you don't want to overbook a show. That's from personally helping book a shows before. It's like there is a sweet spot of guests. Too many and then they kind of just waters things down unless you're like a gigantic show but even then that kind of does throw a wrench into things because now people have to make sophie's choices if you will to well who am i going to meet right now so but did you pick up anything while you were there you know i did not because (gasps) i did not really because i was also it's also it was also the week before comic con yes and we we were having a uh screen actor's strike situation come up mm-hmm. to put lightly but not lightly for those um Through a ranch and i was it. yes and i was uh dealing with some comic-con work that weekend mm-hmm. as well so i did not get to see the exhibit floor as long as i would have wanted i was able to walk around with tj but i wasn't able to do so i saw a lot of things i probably would have loved to have picked up mm-hmm. but i just didn't have the time but i did get to see part of the floor Something that I did want to pick up was the kaiju cream, kaiju ice cream, but I wasn't able to. And it was, you know, all of the lovely creators were also here for Japan World Heroes. And I know they sold out by like the middle of day two. I think it was like Saturday. Um, They sold like they had preview night, whatever. So that was one that I would like to pick up eventually in the future. I'm shocked you didn't pick yourself an Ibraya figure. I want to, but I didn't even, I saw some, but I wasn't even able to even like really look in detail with everything. Ah, that's a shame. Yeah. I, not, not to rub salt in the wound, but I did begin, I did get one. Yay. What did you get? I picked up, uh, mostly Bandai's. Uh, so I picked up a Manda. I picked up a... Gauss and Jiger from the new Gamera, which we're going to be talking about later. I grabbed Abraya and oh, I picked up uh, someone gave me a great deal on the Godzi band figures. So I got an Angulus and uh, baby Rodan in the egg. And I snagged one of the YMSF uh, Zilla figures because they're in scale. And you know, I'm a completionist. (laughs) I understand. I understand completionist. So, but yeah, the show overall was great. Everyone, it seemed like everybody was back. Um, I saw a lot of um, what I would call new guests from last year. They came back in and felt like this. the show's definitely growing a lot more. That's, that's great for everyone because everyone seemed like everyone was in a good mood. Everyone was having a good time. It was just that kind of like that camaraderie was back. You know, a little bit of that was missing last year, but that's understandable because, you know, people were still gun shy about COVID. So this year, it seemed like a, um, a return to form, which uh, made things a lot better. I actually spent all day Thursday at the Pickwick and I watched four movies back to back, which even for me, that's that's a bit of a sit. So and I watch a lot of movies. Oh, yeah, I, I actually went to the Pickwick for the first time. 
because I did the introduction to introduce TJ, who then spoke some words before the Godzilla 2014. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I sat through Destroy All Monsters, Godzilla Raids Again. Uh, they showed the American Godzilla, sat through that, which... Not to get too deep into the tangent, but I've I've uh, I've softened my my opinion on that movie. I uh, okay. I found a lot more to enjoy about it than I have. I'm I'll say this: as a Godzilla movie, is it good? No, but as a monster movie, it's pretty solid, and it <laughs> did make me yearn for the return of miniatures because that was the one thing that was kind of like shocked. I'm like. 90% of like the destruct like these are all models and stuff that are blowing up like this like you know you know except for the CG moments of them running through like when they're chasing Godzilla through you know the streets of Manhattan like all the explosions and you know all the buildings crumbling were all like models and it 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 just stuck out so much and like it just felt so much more real I'm like and this is a Roland Emmerich film this is a man who's known for making things explode that whose name isn't Michael Bay. So I, I sat there going like, you know what? This, this is a, a better movie than I think um, we gave it credit for as a monster movie, as a Godzilla movie. But you know what? Toho has now made it a side, you know, it's another, he's another character in the roster. He's not Godzilla. So I look at it that way. Kind of like when you watch Mothra or you watch Rodan or you watch any of the, the solo movies, I, take it in that stride now and so it doesn't really bother me as much especially considering we got the legendary film so the pain is not there okay that's good that's good <laughs> yeah and then finally at nine o'clock linda came out and introduced uh king kong escapes and i think that was the first time i ever watched that on the big screen everything else i've seen before but so that was a nice way it was a long if I was there for five days and I felt all of five days of it, but it was a good time. It was, um, it was nice to see a lot of people again. I got to hang out with some, some friends we've made over there. Um, but overall it was, it was great. It, uh, I really enjoyed it, but that made the next thing that much more tiring because we came right. You bolted out of there like Sunday night because you had to be down in San Diego. What Monday afternoon, Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, oh, I had yeah. to be out of there um, immediately. So I actually was not able. I did an Irish goodbye, like mm -hmm. a, like a ninja, um, <laughs> and then I had to. I had to. I had to go mm -hmm. because we. I had to be down in San Diego immediately, almost the next day, and I mm -hmm. needed a little bit of rest. Yes. So I left around one o'clock, two o'clock on Sunday of GFAS. And I was really sad because I kind of wanted to be there all the way until the end. Yeah. There's always next year. But that segues us into our uh, next topic, which was Comic-Con, which um, this year, as you mentioned, was a bit of a whirlwind because of the aforementioned writer's strike and the SAG strike. So multiple multiple panels went down like dominoes and unfortunately jessica was uh on the blower with a lot of people for her panels trying to um uh, make lemonade out of the lemons that everyone was given so um before we go into that i as 
let me say this. As someone who's been going to Comic-Con since 1994, and I've not missed a single one since, that place doesn't matter how crowded it is, how much of a pain in the ass it can be sometimes, that is my happy place. That's my mecca. I look forward to it every year. And with the lack of big Hollywood there, I had such a great time because it felt like the Comic-Con of my youth. It felt like the Comic-Con before I, – I called it the G4 era, before G4 really started, like, covering it and, like, it blew up. So there's, like, G4 and then Twilight. And Twilight's where everything – it's like the opening of Avatar. It's like, then the Fire Nation attacks. Like, then Twilight showed up. And that's when a lot of what I call bad behavior in terms of, like, running the show started where – you just have people lining up all night, stuff like that. I'm never, I've never been down with that. But walking around that show, after hearing people online make their wild proclamations, well, there's no Marvel. Why am I going? It's like, because it's Comic-Con. There's nothing else like it. Every other show in the world tries to imitate it, but you can't, you can't replicate it because it's Comic-Con. It is in San Diego, one of the most beautiful cities in this country. The weather's always perfect. That convention center is awesome. And it's the show that everybody goes to. And everyone I talked to was, they seem to be in such a good mood. And like some of our artist friends did phenomenal. You know why? Because no one was lining up for 18 hours for a Hall H panel. I walked into Hall H, just walked in, Jessica, walked right on in, just to say I, I did it. Sauntered on in which I haven't been able to do since, I think, 2004. But that, you know, overall, I'll say this. less I, th I would say less Hollywood, the better. It focused on comics, and it focused on animation, and it focused on other things than gigantic movies. And I, I, I'm going to say this. It was a better show for it. Like, if that stuff comes back, just put it all on Saturday. And then let the rest, let the rest of the industry, let the comic people, let everyone else kind of breathe and have their moments and have their time. So that was my personal take on it. Um, what about you? You know, I I think I can see it from both points of view. It is, it's got the word comic con in it. So I do mm -hmm. know it is a comic book convention, but it is one of the largest pop culture conventions in the world and because I don't want to say on something I have an inkling mm -hmm. I am not an accountant so for Comic Con International so I can't say for sure financially there to keep a show like that running and to be able to prop up certain things they need to have they possibly need to have some studios there. There is a seeing... financial because because yeah, comics I... on its own cannot mm -hmm. support a show of that size. And if we want it to keep it at that size, they're going to need the money and the infrastructure and everything. And a lot of it will be studio based. So yeah. I do believe that. And it is no, it is a comic book convention originally mm -hmm. started, but it is the largest pop culture convention because there's actually larger conventions by number that is comic book based that are out of like Europe and Japan. However, yeah. San Diego still dominates 
in mm-hmm. the pop culture overall. So because we want, if people want to keep it pop culture related and not just comic book, then they're going to need the support of studios. With that no. being said, then, then yeah. yes, you bring back the problem of waiting 18 hours to get into Hall H and everything. I, I do feel that there were still a lot of people there because what are you going to do? Refund your hotel and your ticket and everything in the last minute. And yeah. there's a strike. You might as well just go to the exhibit hall, right? Which I felt there was more people. Oh, my uh, God. However, yes. There, there, was, there was a lot more people. And I, that's why they made more money, which I think is mm-hmm. really great for them. I do think, though, that if you're going to go to Comic-Con and you're going to spend the money, I think people should do what they want to do there. If they want to spend 18 hours waiting in line for Hall H, they can. Or if they want to spend several hours waiting for Jim Lee, then they can. Because to me, it is a pop culture convention. Um, But I actually, funnily enough, I call it pre-Twilight and post-Twilight era. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about G4. Um, <laughs> I called it pre-Twilight and post-Twilight because I There's, know Twilight changed a lot of things. That is the Mason-Dixon line. Yes, yes. And because I, you know, I didn't, I don't really have a need to go to Hall H for several years. Mm-hmm. I, I just see, I just see the before and aftermath. But I mm-hmm. do understand that people do miss the days of being able to walk in. My other thing more than anything is the, exclusives and the lottery and how it's done and that there are I will say though people who are there just for studios they are there for all the days I I guess they I mean mostly Friday Saturday and Sunday but I Mm -hmm. will say for some exclusive people they're there mostly Wednesday yes and then Thursday and maybe the other days if if the if this if that retailer does it by days and a yeah. lot of them just don't come back and then waste their five-day ticket. Yeah. Quote, waste. I actually prefer people to use all the days of their tickets because other people wish that they could be in your shoes, if exactly. that makes sense, what I'm saying. So I'm actually I'm more, I'm more partial to the way people use their tickets than people who just choose to wait 18 hours in line well, and they're going to uh, do it for five days. Yeah. As, as a former toy hunter and exclusive hunter, I've, I've since retired from bothering with most of that stuff because it, that was in of itself. I mean, like there was a few years I was doing it. Just, I like to thrill the hunt, Jessica. I like to say that I got in, I got it. And, uh, I had so many exclusives for the longest time. Um, I've since been downsizing my collection just for, you know, this, the mere fact of like, I, I'm running out of room. So like, uh, is it the fact that I really wanted this or am I, uh, am I, am I like Ahab and I got to get my, my, my white whale, but I do have still many a con exclude. In fact, I'm looking at one right now, the super seven dark horse Godzilla, which brought me endless amounts of joy. And which actually got signed by Art Adams, so that was a uh, a nice little thing. But the on the exclusives, a lot of the big, some of the big vendors were like, "Here's your QR code. We'll send it to you in a few weeks." Which you're hearing my my restrained anger at that. I'm like, then it's not an exclusive. You need to bring it here. This is the whole point. 
Come here. You're you never going you, yes, you're never gonna yes, stop the aftermarket. The, the man thing plushie that you put up from mm-hmm. Diamond Previews, that yeah. was just the debut of where it what it looked like. I went to the booth really excited. I understand mm-hmm. certain things as a debut. Mm-hmm. When Sideshow was not there this year, but when no. Sideshow was there, it's it's not possible you for you to bring all those pieces. I, I understand a lot of it is a to be determined situation, right? But yeah. or you know, however, the man thing plushie, I was so excited. I went there after I saw you put up a photo of it because I was busy doing panels. We were doing stuff, and then the person was like, "No, you just order it through your retailer or something nope. at a later date." And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> I wish I was there to see the restrained rage because I know how much you love your plushies and getting yes. your hopes up on that. Like I, I, I look for the listeners at home. Jessica is a petite woman, but I have seen her like pull the strength of Superman from like the first action comics to throw a car over her head at. <laughs> At rage by some retailer shysting her. So she do not do not underestimate this woman because uh, she will bring fury uh, under her uh, her diminutive demeanor. So uh, and that please take that in the spirit in which it's intended, Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I was like, no, I mean, I know you meant it. Seriously, but oh my god, yeah, I I went there. I was so excited, and then I was like, "What the hell?" Yes, and I, but believe me, there's times like for so this so a little thing because Jessica was busy working. Uh, how many panels were you working this week that that week? Uh, uh both moderating and as a guest, I had eight. Then it became seven because mm-hmm. of that was happening so yeah. Uh, yeah so that one we had seven so yeah so yeah. it's actually like here's the thing like when we go i see jessica for maybe a total of three hours the entire week and one of those hours is doing our panel because she's constantly working i cannot I, if i could figure out the math how to quantify the motor that this this woman has in her i would be a billionaire but that is a it's such it's a complex you know you know piece of uh, math that i don't even think that our greatest physicians could ever figure out it is hers and hers alone so um i'm always on uh duty for her to get her exclusives because that is my game as i as i said even though i've retired i still have you know I still have the, the the skills. You can't it said burn notice says they can burn you, but they can't take away your skills. <laughs> so <laughs> she asked me Ooh, opening night, there was only two things that she wanted more than anything else. What were those, Jessica? Oh yes, the for for you to pick up. It was mm-hmm. it was a super well. Supergirl silver foil cover that mm-hmm. was over at the DC booth, and also McFarlane's Nightfall Batman, which was also at the DC booth. And here's the thing with this year: uh, 
the DC booth became the de facto exclusives booth because unlike a lot of other people now, now I'm not saying the aforementioned Super 7 because they had legit exclusives, but McFarlane and DC were like, no, we got exclusives. You can only get here. We're only selling them here and they will sell out. I hopped over there. I'm like, I will get it. I ran into, <laughs> ran into Jessica for like two seconds. She's like, are you heading over there? I'm like, yep, I got gotcha. you. Went over and was flat out told you're not getting in tonight because the line had been capped and then capped again. I'm like, All right. It's only one night. They are parsing. I asked them, like, are you guys, you know, you have a stock for each? They're like, yeah, yeah, we got you. We got you. Thursday, no go. And I'm like, damn. I'm like, this is this is going to be this is going to be tough. But you know what? I like a good nut to crack. So I um, I greased some palms. I called in some favors, which meant having to go get more exclusives for other people. So it became like a centipede. It just it just kept adding and adding. So my entire oh, Friday morning before we had our panel, I was hopping from booth to booth <laughs> to booth, getting four other exclusives for four other people, which I <laughs> but that meant. Me obtaining from an unnamed source a uh, a dealer's badge temporarily to get in there, and I uh, got in like an hour early. And like a lot of things, everyone else is playing this game. A lot of other dealers are playing the game, but I have the I don't have a dealer's a proper dealer's badge, so I had my badge. So I just I'm like I I told my contact I'm going to go this way. I will get your stuff, and I'll see you later today. I went and camped out in the closest bathroom to the DC booth where I knew no one was going to bother me. So for an hour, I am posting on our social in a stall, like hiding out like I'm a CIA operative, like, you know, behind Soviet lines, just, you know, sending stuff. And then the second, because the show floor is supposed to open at 930 and they're saying it opens at nine. And if you're outside, good luck, because you're not you have to be. Again, ever mentioned camping out in that first go through that door. I'm like, no, no, no. We're playing this smart. I heard him say nine. So 8.55, I got out of the stall, pretended to wash my hands, pretending I was making, you know, I was in there for actual business. But when I wasn't, dashed the badge, put on my real one, sauntered right over at 9.01. And the people in the booth are like, oh, here's your here's your list. I'm like, thank you. I'll take that, 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 and that, which meant having to get five more things for people from that booth as well. Because when they found out where I was going, that's what everyone wanted. So, but I got Jessica, her Batman, and I got her her, and I felt accomplished. I felt great about it because it brought me back to my glory days of uh, of getting my exclusives. So, um, again, it felt like coming out of retirement for a minute. But that also meant like having to the second I was done. People were stampeding in, and so I'm trying to make my way across to like the um, what's the booth that what's the company that does the little vinyl dumpsters? Oh, 100% soft. Had to go over there, get a get a ticket for for that, and then there was like two signings I wanted to do, and thankfully, like the the heavens opened up laid everything out and i managed to get all my jessica i managed to get every signing i wanted at the show got everyone their stuff and still made it to our panel all within like a four-hour period 
Yes. I got it. I mean, don't get in trouble. <laughs> with oh, no, no. That's why you got to be incognito. Don't you don't dress to draw attention. You dress to blend in. I, I was like, now we're telling the story publicly. Oh, I've not. But that's ah. the thing. It's plausible deniability. No one's got names. No one knows me. I've known for a fact because when, because everyone knows me as Jessica's friend, and I'm like, yes, I am Jessica's friend. That's that is my claim to fame in our in our circle. Okay. Jessica's like, I was she's like, like a, I, I don't want I don't want both of us getting in trouble. No, no, no. Believe me, no one remembers I me. How for much, I appreciate for how big, much you've done. For a big guy, I I I don't. I don't stick out. So that's that's always worked my favor. So it's always it's a good thing. Believe me, there's a there's like a hundred other people pulling this. Everyone if you know if you're in the if you're in the exclusive game, everyone's pulling this. So it's not a it's not a trade secret. So but uh other than that, yeah, got all my I got to meet Travis Beecham and some my my Pacific Rim. Um I got to oh why am I blanking on his name? Um the guy that did um, do a power bomb and the last beta ray bill. I'm blanking on his name at the second. Damn. Got to meet him. Got some fantastic art. Got to meet Art Adams and got some uh, wonderful prints. I got my Ron Swanson print from the Hero Complex people, which I was very happy about. He now sits proudly in my room, just staring over me, giving me the the inspiration that I need every day. Because there's one thing he doesn't like. It's it's skim milk, which is milk, which is water lying about being milk. <laughs> um, and then, very, of very course, true. let's talk, talk about real quick our, our panel. Yes, yes, our panel, our two, our few big uh, kaiju, I guess, related items for that weekend. Our panel went really mm -hmm. well. We had mm -hmm. two wonderful guests. We had Hiroshi Kanatani, which is a Subaraya, um, sanction like licensed manga artist. He also has mm -hmm. his own, uh, own original creations, and he goes around. He was currently this past weekend as we were recording at Japan World Heroes, mm -hmm. and he's been our past guest on the Kaiju Kingdom podcast panel. We also had a special guest this year, which was Mr. Danny Simon who is the president of like America's Subaraya Media Entertainment Licensing Production Division. It's That's a long word. title that whole he has. Thing out there. Yeah. It, the whole thing is very long. It's very long. We cannot say he's the president of Subaraya because that is not, pe then not people true. will think he's a, you know, yeah. ethnically Japanese man, but no, because no, Subaraya is a Japanese company. No, he is the president of the American division that does like the licensing it was originally the licensing group but mm -hmm. he is the president of all of the licensing and everything super raya related so everything that you are seeing that is i would say ultraman related and growing in america he's mm -hmm. one of the people that you need to thank Yes. basically you know you're watching ultraman anime on netflix you're watching shin ultraman in america after it debuted in japan anything that is more american based to basically mm -hmm. spread the awareness of the ultraman franchise you kind of have him to thank and he gave us a little look at what's to come and this is a guy who's been in the industry for a long time 
and he's got stories. I could tell you just from personally talking to him after the panel, like, I'm like, damn, you got stories. Like, <laughs> just the mass one he told on stage was, I'm just like, I could listen to this for like another two hours. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it was, a, and we had a great turnout. Um, even though, yes, we're still over at the library, but, um, they actually, to be fair, my, I had a, the friends I was bunking with, they had to go over that library like three times this, that past show because they were doing a lot more offside. I think they're really trying to pump up that location. They had Junji Ito over there upstairs, like not even the room we're in. They was upstairs in the library, which from what I gathered, they, the cons severely underestimate the popularity of Junji Ito. So he, by far, uh, it seemed like he had some of the biggest panels there. Like everybody I talked to, they're like, yeah, I barely got in. Like it was, they were turning people away left and right. <laughs> so just a reminder for Comic-Con, like hopefully when they, you know, when they bring some, some foreign guests over, like bigger rooms, you need bigger rooms. So, um, but other, uh, overall, did you have a good time, Jessica? I did. I did. And one of the major things that you and I got to do, and the reason why, as we're speaking, it is not up yet, because I was recuperating. I did not feel well. I was under the weather after three or four conventions back to back. I got to go to the press room for Gamera. Then uh, yes. in order to split work, because mm-hmm. Chris is really great at this and he does so much heavy lifting. Chris then went to the Gamera panel. So right. we were able to, to to trade off and then still have to, we need to put together our reports and findings and maybe tie that into whenever the show is released. So uh, Ketakawa was absolutely great in accommodating with us for that. Uh, but Chris got to do something that I wish I got to do, which was there was a signing afterwards. Mm-hmm. I really, really wanted that signing and was not able to do it. However, Chris, you were able to do it. Uh, you did I, say that while it, it, it's lovely, but it was uh, efficient in how quickly the line. Oh, was. the panel itself? <laughs> I Hold on a sec. Okay. This, so my buddy joined, <laughs> my buddy joined me. Uh, there was a few other people we knew that came in. And to be fair, like, they pretty, they filled that room pretty well. Um, Wonderful. This was the most no-nonsense brass tacks panel I've ever sat in in any Comic-Con in my 25 years of attending any con. Like, my buddy even turned to me. He's like, wow. He's like, you know what? I got to give it to him. Like, they they knew what everyone was here for. They delivered. And they said, all right, we're done. And that was it. Like, it was 45 minutes beginning. I'm no hyperbole with this. 45 minutes exactly, beginning to end. They, the stopwatch started and it ended right. And they were like, all right, we're going over to the autograph area because we got like an hour and some change left of the show. We'll see over there. But to be fair, they gave you everything you wanted. They showed, uh, they you know, they had the writer and, and director there. They had the, the designer of the uh, kaijus as well. I'm blanking on their names at the moment. I should have taken better notes. Um, but they came in. The moderator said, you know, gave a quick brief history of Gamera. They then showed 10 minutes of the first episode. 
So it was like a truncated version, which I uh, didn't expect, but I was happy as hell to see. I actually talked about the description in the last episode, uh, if you want to hear that. Um, then they revealed the last monster, which was Viras, and a lot of other fun stuff. They did a couple of... Um, the, the the creators got to say a couple of words, and then they're like, all right, see you guys out in the pavilion. And that was everyone was like, whoa. Oh wow, okay. Just no fat, all all lean meat, if you will. Uh, um, finding a better idiom. Um, but yeah, I, even you know, we were all like, wow, okay. Well, can't be mad because you delivered. There was just no Q and A. Which, to be fair, sometimes Q and As are as crusty the clown said, oh, this is always murder because there are people that go up there. I think they just want to be part of the the, the show and. They'll ask questions. <laughs> Jessica knows this. She's seen it. Anybody that's been to a Comic-Con before knows it. But they cut that completely out. And it was just bam, bam, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Off. Uh, the autograph panel, also the most efficient thing I've ever seen, too. Like, they were, I got there lined up. There's maybe, like, 50 people in front of me. Another, like, 60, 70 people lined up behind me. And I was in and out of that line in 20 minutes. And they were giving out this exclusive little postcard that they signed. They gave out other postcards at the panel. And I got it sitting in a book because I accidentally left it in my backpack that I took on the trip with me. So it got a little bent, but it's it's nothing nothing egregious. I'm going to go frame it later. But um, beyond that, it was just, wow. I just wish you guys did this on Saturday. But Friday or Sunday at 3 p.m., like that's... um. That's kind of cutting it close, but to be fair, they had a great turnout, and it was a, actually a great panel. Like I, I can't, I can't say any. There's no fault in it, it but it was. I'm like, honestly, man, I, there's part of me that certain panels, I kind of want this more. Like just, you know what we're here for? Show us the goods, talk about it, and then let's move on to the next thing. So that's oh. kind of how. That's kind of how Jim Lee's panel was, too, because I went there for something else we're going to talk about in a minute, um, which twice, Jessica, I went and saw so twice in back to back days when I saw the Venture Brothers movie on Thursday night and Jim Lee's panel on Friday night. The damn fire alarm went off. So whatever oh, happened yeah. on Thursday night, never figured out Friday night. You actually found out and texted me. And it turns out some poor pretzel vendor burnt a pretzel, thus putting the entire convention center into a tizzy. But things happen. The, the panel went on. Like after they were kind of telling us, maybe we got to get up and leave. And then no one got up and left. And we were just like, all right, let's see. This is someone screwing around. And then they said, it's fine. Let's get back to the let's get back to business. But um, yeah, that was that. There was some fun stuff in that, which I think I think this is a good time to segue into some of that stuff. Um, first things first, speaking of the gamma panel, they did show the final trailer for the, uh, for the upcoming anime gamma rebirth, which mm -hmm. did you finally, did you finally get to see it? Um, I did get to see the trailer. I'm still jealous. I didn't get any of the signing stuff. Mm -hmm. However, I, I'm very, very excited. And, mm -hmm. I'm trying not to be spoiled, but I might. I they did not announce it at the press room, 
mm-hmm. the interview opportunity. Did they say at the panel when the official release date is? Yes, that was one of the things they announced, which was September 9th. Okay. Okay. So great. Very soon. So it's not too yeah. far off. Pretty soon. Nope. Pretty soon. Yep. Um, and along with that, they um, that I mean any any because I mean, when they announced this thing, they showed that first trailer. I heard people like, ah, the animation. I'm like, okay, I get it. It's just it's the first camera anything in almost like 17 years. Can you not? Can you just be happy for one minute and at least give it a chance? I think this trailer <laughs> quelled a lot of people's complaints because and it's one thing they brought up in the panel. They're like, no, no, kaiju fights, wrestling, big monster fights. That was the what they hammered home. Like this is going to be uh, just monster action wall-to-wall and from what i saw it looks like it's going to be and it's keeping the grand tradition of exceptionally violent kaiju fights because gamma's always violent gamma bleeds in every movie and this anime looks like it's no exception um what what did you think of the trailer i really liked it i think here (laughs) uh Okay, so when I played the trailer, I told my best mm-hmm. friend Sam that he is a friend of all children. Yes. Pre-trailer. Mm-hmm. Trailer. He was like, are you sh-? – because he doesn't know that much about the kaiju. Yeah. So he knows about Godzilla. Afterward, he just knows he's a giant turtle, right? Like he doesn't know that he flies, whatever. He looks and he was like, are you a friend of children? You look <laughs> savage. <laughs> he looks savage and i was like oh dang this is real adult uh, okay and then i laughed because it was true you know and he's not saying it looks bad he's not saying he's mm-hmm. not gonna watch it he was just like oh that is very uh he don't look like he's the friend of anybody <laughs> it's true closer to a closer to a terrifying godzilla situation mm-hmm <clears throat> that said, <coughs> excuse me, got a little dry throat. Um, Garen is doing a spinning knife attack. Like he's like <laughs> the way the monsters are moving in this. I, I was I lost my damn mind watching it there at the panel, and I just immediately pulled it back up on um on uh, YouTube as I was standing in line. I'm just like I cannot believe this. Like. It's just camera tossing, you know, Jiger around. He's, you know, biting into like Vera's neck, like just, uh, just so much. I'm like, oh my god. So it feels like they're going with the tone of like Gamma the Brave, which, again, when we reviewed it like last year for that box set, I completely forgot. Like, this movie's wildly violent for what is trying to be a family film in many aspects, but. That is the heart of Gamera, and it does look like they are trying to balance the seriousness of the Heisei era and bringing it, like, because the main characters are kids. They're, like, between, like, right. 12 and, like, 16. Uh, but, like, the stuff I saw was, like, gausses eating people, tearing their arms off. I'm just like, oh, oh, damn. But just the way that the monster fights were, were working out, the way seeing certain monsters like Zegra move around like a big manta ray, I'm like, ah, yes. 
this is what I want out of life. Like, just give me my monster fights and I'm, I'm happy. Like it looks, even my buddy who was very, you know, he's an anime nut and he was a little kind of like, eh, I don't know on that first trailer. He's like, you know what? No, it looks, it looks a lot better. He's like, you know, his, you know, he's like, I'm still quippy about the, the human designs, but he's like the monsters. Yeah. That's how they should be moving. And that's what they should be doing. So, and any, any, Anybody that was complaining because the director was one of the directors on the Netflix CG movies, I hope they all ate crow because they are like, ah, this is going to be like, no, just let it, <laughs> let them show you what they're doing. And if Gamera's sipping tea and like talking to the kids, then you can complain. But the trailer's all just monster action. And even the stuff they, sh they, I, I saw in that 10 minutes, I'm just like, my God, this is, this is just nothing but pure mayhem of like in monster scale. So be happy. I can't, I cannot wait. I cannot wait till we sit down and review that whole thing because it's going to be, I got a feeling fantastic. So on top of that, they announced a ton of tie in material. There's going to be a slot machine, Jessica, a slot machine. I don't know why, but there's going to be a slot machine. So, well, if you go to Vegas, yeah. slot machine out of anything even crazy rich asians you can you can make a slot machine out of any film franchise movie character there's one with ellen on mm -hmm. it i think ellen degeneres basically you could do one for anything and yeah the hey. director was uh the last two co-director for the godzilla anime uh trilogy films and it feels Netflix. like he's getting to do what he wanted to do with those movies because you know there's a whole thing behind it there's gonna be a tie-in book that um gives the origin of Gamera like in ancient times with Gauss. There's there's so much stuff. There's like, gonna be a manga. There's gonna be a ton of stuff. So if it all and they even said if it all goes well, they already have a second season in mind. And it might resurrect Gamera as a live action feature. So I just tell people just watch it for the sake of supporting it and showing Kodakala like we need more Gamera in our lives. There's never such a, there's no such thing as too much camera. You can't have too much camera. So I, I cannot, we're only like three weeks away and it's the anticipation is growing. It's, it's building there. I can't, I can't wait. The other big thing out of Comic-Con and Jessica, this is your, we are now in completely in your realm. Out of left field came the announcement that DC and Legendary are teaming up to do a crossover book. I believe it's seven issues. And it will be Godzilla and Kong versus none other than the Justice League. Oh, I know. Chris sent me a photo. I started screaming with joy. I have never been... I'm muted right now. But I have never been so excited. This is going to be the thing of the year for me. Just like for me, I mean, I love many movies. I'm very excited. Mm -hmm. Stray's R-rated movie about dogs cussing with Kevin mm -hmm. Hart and Will Ferrell. That's going to be my movie of the year. Uh, mm -hmm. this, because I love dogs. This is going to be my thing for the year. I am very, very excited. Because we live in a great age of crossovers. And it's legendary publishing. Their comics yeah. division. And uh, so if you look at it. Godzilla and Kong looks like the legendary version. Someone asked why he doesn't look like the Toho version. I was like, this is because it's under legendary. Um, 
So basically, it's TJ in comic book format. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so uh, it's going to be legendary, the monster versus Godzilla and Kong versus the Justice League. I am very, very excited. I think gonna be a lot it's gonna be a smashy smashy right basically oh. fighting uh oh, comic because you know i mean kong may use tools but he's still not smarter than batman however no. i think the interesting is everyone wants to see a fight between superman and godzilla right mm-hmm. so that i think is gonna be the main draw everybody else is just helping the plot along well, let's let's go on just for a minute into what this what they've revealed about this book. It entails, like I said, it's seven issues. Do you have the creative team in front of you? Is the writer is Brian Buccioletto, and mm-hmm. the artist is Christian. Chris and I were talking about how to pronounce his last name earlier. Um, I think it's Duce. Yes. Yes. Uh, we don't want to say your name incorrectly. We apologize if we did. And there's going to be a crap ton of variant covers. One of them is oh. by like Drew Johnson, Dustin Wynn. There's a Jim Lee one. So we are. Oh, Jim's Jim's cover is magnificent because that's the one I got the most response on on our Instagram because Jim drew the Justice League and Godzilla. And Godzilla is fighting a gigantic Batman Jaeger. Because <laughs> Batman is prepared for anything. He is. He is. But he just the bigger thing is, is that the plot also involves the Legion of Doom doing some shenanigans on Skull Island. And I'm like, oh... God, I am in. I don't care. This, this is, this is <laughs> magnificent. <clears throat> that, first off, you get the Holy Trinity. You're getting Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and Godzilla and Kong sharing the same pages. But on top of that, because the um, as we record, some of the advances for issue two came out, and there's this beautiful cover. It looks like a Jim or uh, uh, um, uh, 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 Ross, um, God, why am I blanking on his Al- first name? Alex Ross? Alex? Alex Ross, thank you. It looks like an Alex Ross. I don't think it's an Alex Ross cover, but it looks like his his style. It's Godzilla on one side, calling the other, and they look mad as hell. And then it is the entire Justice League. Like, there's, like, 25 members on this. And there's one character there that I said, do not toy with my emotions. And I hope to God, because there's seven issues, so there's a lot of ground to cover. There's a possibility, Jessica, that Godzilla and Dr. Fate will cross paths, and you have no idea the idea that just <laughs> the joy it brings. I love Dr. Fate, and just seeing him conjuring some magic against Godzilla in a fight. Oh, I, oh the nine-year-old in me is internally screaming right now. I cannot wait for this. I am very, very, very excited. Oh, we're, we're, you know what? There's a lot of comics, you know, from time to time we talk about them. But I think this one, each issue is going, we're going to have to dedicate 
an episode to each issue because this is big. This is something I never thought I would see. I think each month that this thing comes out, you're not going to have to sit down and we're going to pour over the pages of this thing because it looks spectacular. And now Godzilla can say he's one of the few characters that has the privilege of not finding not only the Justice League, but the Avengers as well. Like he's gone yes. toe to toe with the two greatest super teams of all time. Yes. Yes. And and the colorist is uh, Luis Guerrero. And oh. I think it looks really great. I love the fact that it is Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. And mm. I al- al- almost want to say, um, background cameo by the Legion of Doom. Like there's there's just so much going on. There's there they have to be putting Starro in there somewhere, right? There's no way you don't do <laughs> Starro. Like the like they like Luther and the rest of the Legion of Doom like get Starro to give him like some like you know some of the 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 parasites to maybe attach to Kong or Godzilla. There's no way that they don't do a fight against Starro. There's, they have to, you get one shot, you got seven issues. That's, you know, overall, what, like 150 pages, 200 pages. You got a lot of ground to fill and a lot of DC in there. And there's a bevy of things you could be doing. Oh, I, oh, just oh, talking about that. I, I, it, it's, it's, it's such joy. It comes out in November. So God's, you know, it comes, I think it comes out right around the anniversary. So Oh, I'm, I already got my, my first issue, like, booked up at, at my uh, at my comic shop. I cannot wait. So, I mean, it's the Justice League. And it's the, it's like the core, ju- we're not getting Justice League International. We're getting the Justice League. So, oh, it's just so good. So, if they could work a way to get doomsday in there somehow oh Eric, my my entire childhood is now they're all interacting with each other they're, it's all everything i played with as a kid is now being is being made official in some form or another oh yes yes because you have ultraman meeting the avengers yes and i'm hoping i'm hoping that that like because they announced that a while ago and we haven't heard anything. So I'm hoping this right, kind of lights right. a fire under Marvel to like, let's let's get going on it. Because, look, next month is another big book I've been waiting for since Disney bought Fox. We're finally getting it. We got Wolverine and Predator. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, I can't wait. Such Our cup doth overflow, Jessica. <laughs> we do leave in good times. So even better. So... Legendary was supposed to have a panel Saturday at the show, and uh, it unfortunately got canceled because of the ongoing strike. And something that I found out online that was going to happen, but didn't happen, but they've since announced it officially. Uh, A couple of days ago, we got the very first look at the Apple TV show that has been quietly in production for about a year now. And we now know the name of it. It is Monarch. Legacy of Monsters, and they gave us four photos, just four. One of them being White Russell, one of them being a uh, a young woman st- in the rain that looks like from the scene from the 2014 film. Another one of Godzilla over the school bus from the 2014 film. And the last one, oh, 
Again, talk about crossovers in my childhood. Goddamn Kurt Russell. Jessica, Kurt Russell and Godzilla in the same thing. Like, oh, I, my mind cannot take it. It's so good. Yes, uh, is it, isn't it both Russells? It's Wyatt yes. and Kurt, isn't it? Wyatt plays young, plays the young version of the character, and Kurt plays the old version of the character. Oh, I, and, I see it. And another thing they let that legendary let slip is that John Goodman's character from Kong, the young version of him, will be appearing in the show as well. And I believe the girl in the photo is supposed to be either his daughter or granddaughter. So we might actually get to see the scene that Goodman's character was talking about in Kong, like when their ship got attacked. And I believe Russell's character's on it, which led to the creation of Monarch. So I still have no idea what this what this show is really going to be about other than Monarch and some monsters and Godzilla showing up in it. But it, it just the fact that the possibility of Kurt Russell, who I yeah, that was my childhood hero. I watched so many Kurt Russell movies. Captain Ron and Big Trouble Little China are on top of my pillar of, of some of the greatest movies of all time. I will not hear and he'd be smirching of Captain Ron, by the way. Um, so the idea, though, just just him and Godzilla in the same, sharing the same, oh, I, I can't wait. I've watched Tombstone so many damn times. So seeing, ooh, like, I, I'm, I'm losing, I'm, I'm, I, I'm getting full muxed. I'm, it's just, just at the idea of it, Jessica. Oh, but unfortunately, we have no other information other than those little tidbits. So, but they did say fall. So we are like what four weeks away from fall at this point. Yes. So yes. sooner than later, which means I need to borrow somebody's Apple TV account because I don't have Apple TV. I definitely don't have any Apple products, but um, I'm not getting to be I'm not getting to the tech snobbery of it all right now. But ooh, good. It's 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 a good time. So and to wrap it up, because I am actually backing up to a hard out, we have one of the biggest announcements that happened right before we both got onto a jet for Chicago was the first trailer and proper name for Toho's next Godzilla movie, which will be debuting November 3rd in Japan. Yes. Will be, it's called Godzilla minus one and whatever the hell that's going to mean oh uh, that's that's the secret that's the mystery but my god did this trailer blow me it's it's uh, 35 38 seconds it's not a lot but oh my god this thing looks it, it for a japanese movie this looks slick i cannot fathom I mean, it's a period piece. We know it takes place in the 40s, so it's post-war Japan. But just a few shots of Godzilla, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it looks heavy. Like, heavy, heavy. And I absolutely cannot wait. And you know what the beauty is? Us on the stateside don't have to wait that long because when they announced the trailer, the big news that came out was that... For us in the States, within less than a month, 28 days, not you know, not the Danny Boyle movie, but like just in regular time, we will be able to watch 
Godzilla minus one in U.S. theaters. Like, there's no four or five month wait. There's they are geared to go. And as I'm rambling on, Jessica, I need what is your input on this? I love the fact that again, I watched it the trailer with my best friend because he's got a larger, he's got a bigger TV than I do. Uh, so I got to see it in all its glory. I was very, very excited. Nothing made sense to me yet. Not mm. in the way that watching three Godzilla trilogy animes in singular pointed, yeah. but more of like, oh, I'm so excited. I don't know what this is about. I look forward to it because Minus One is also a very interesting title. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say I am for that. And, you know, some people have seen kind of what the design looked like. And pe some people didn't like it. Some people did like it. I'm fine with it. I like it. You know, it, can, it can always look worse. Mm -hmm. uh, I do like it a lot. I will say one of the highlights is then, because TJ Storm is actually a fan of Godzilla himself. Mm -hmm. Like, he just loves the kaiju and everything. So he actually, Chris got to show TJ the trailer granted it was on the cell phone mm -hmm. and it was amazing because i got to take a picture or a video of tj's expression <laughs> while watching the trailer and he was like oh this looks really great he was very excited for it as well but there, like you said there's it's short it was more of a teaser and you didn't really know too much of it but i am excited yes there's the i mean i love the fact they're keeping it on the down much like miyazaki who oh. <laughs> had the testicular fortitude to say, I'm working on what might be my last movie. No one will see a single image. I will release a poster, and that'll be it. There's going to be no trailer, no promotion, nada. It will come out on this day, and you will go watch it because I am Miyazaki, and I know what you want. And uh, we have a mutual friend in Japan. Larry, shout out to Larry, who went and watched it, and I had to. I'm like, dude, what is this about? He's like, birds. It's about birds. There's a lot of birds. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. I only speak broken Japanese. I caught the gist of it, but so many birds. I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, and it's like leans more into like Howl's Moving Castle than uh, My Neighbor Totoro. I'm like. I am sold. I don't need it anymore. It's Miyazaki. Much like anything with Godzilla. I, as as I've told people in the past, I am an easy sell. It does not take a lot. And there's very little of nothing where I look and I'm like, ah, oh, come on. No. There's no such thing as bad Godzilla. There's only Godzilla. And I saw, again, I saw the people complain like, oh, it's the ride design. I'm like, what, what do you want? It's not exactly the right design. And not only that, but the director, Takashi Yamakazi, he's been spending the better part of like t almost 20 years trying to do this. And he has his look. And he did that Godzilla ride in Japan. And it looks a lot like the ride, but it's it's still different enough. But I love that design. I'm looking at the X Plus, the big one that's sitting on top of my shelf right now, just glaring at it. I'm like, my God, you are a work of art. So... You give him, you're giving me like a big angry Godzilla and in post-war Japan, like before, like it's, it's not, uh, so God only knows what they're doing. I've heard rumors, but I don't talk about rumors. 
But I do know one thing, and this is official because it's on Bandai's uh, pull list for their upcoming vinyls, that there's a Monster A that's being listed. Whatever the heck that means, I guess we'll have to find out. But um, I kind of, I'm kind of happy that we're in the dark because it just it builds that anticipation anticipation more. And there's again, just it's a good time. Like this is going to be a beautiful holiday season between Godzilla Day and Christmas. There's so much coming out that it's it's going to be almost impossible excuse me, impossible to keep up with. So this has been a glorious last few weeks, to say the least, Jessica. There's just been nothing but nonstop news, nonstop uh, excitement. Like if everyone feels, I, it feels like everyone online is jazzed with what's coming out. So I say I'm a broken record. I sit every time on the show because, you know, the age group that Jessica and I are in, We've had to live through the harsh times. We've had to live through the desert, the drought of having nothing. Your only option was Cloverfield, which was not a good. It's like here, the like I want the fancy Sonic bar from the from the ice cream, you know, from the ice cream truck. No, no, we got fudgicles in the back. It's not the same. So, just everyone enjoy and appreciate. And I will keep saying that until there's no breath left in my body. <sighs> oh, no, it's it's true. We live in great. I was going to call it like those who are into Doctor Who also know the dry times that we didn't have Doctor mm-hmm. Who for a while. I also, you know, I like the design. It's it's fine. Like I like it. I don't have any problem with it. But it's also, mm-hmm. you know, that the man worked on the ride. Why mm-hmm. are you then shocked? like the ride like i don't i don't understand that because everyone is their own filmmaker in their own head and that's the thing i've learned from the internet in the last 10 years is that everyone thinks they can do it better and that is a that is a wild bit of narcissism that is uh i i will never understand i think that's just me getting old but you know what if um you truly want to get a crack at it? Go make your own damn movie, and then see if you can get a chance to make a Godzilla movie. Because uh, that's uh, that's about the only way it's going to ever happen. So, and I mean, <laughs> and then again, two, three months after that, we got Godzilla and Kong too. Like it's just never. And the next year is the 70th anniversary, so God only knows what they have lined up for that too. Right. So it's, it's very very true. Yeah, it's it's a good time. Ultraman's finally making its way over here. We got two Godzilla movies within three, four months, three to four months of each other. There's a show, a freaking show. There's a show. There's a comic book that its covers Batman in a giant bat robot fighting Godzilla. Like you, you, There's a new camera cartoon. It's so much. So just be happy for once. Stop thinking you can do better and appreciate the what's there. So I will leave it at that. Any final thoughts, I, Jessica? Oh, I was just going to say, no, um, I agree. I think that it's better to have something than nothing. And also it carried us through COVID mm-hmm. uh, or many of us. And I think it's important to appreciate all of the 
wonderful things that we get out of it. And there were some people who didn't like the Godzilla Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong crossover. They thought it was stupid or silly. First of all, if you don't like it, you don't have to read it. It's exactly. not. It's not. You don't have to. You save money. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have to read it. And there are more serious comics because I believe that there are comics for everyone. There is something for everyone yeah. out there. So if that is not for you and you prefer something a little bit more serious or horror, then you've got your Junji Ito outside. So mm-hmm. there's all, which is he does great work as well. So mm-hmm. I really feel like there's something for everyone. And if you don't like it, that's okay. You can rewatch something you like or try to work or hope that something that you do like comes along. But yes, never in my life did I think I was going to see Godzilla Kong Justice League crossover. So I, for one, little Jesse, little child Jesse is very happy. So I'm, I'm going to, we're, we're, I'm, I'm sticking to that plan. We're going to review each, ep, each issue of that book. As it comes <laughs> Sounds out. good. <laughs> Sounds again, good. Because again, there, there are times when it's like, you know, it's like there. Okay, this is the top for the show. Cool. I know, deep, but Jessica's first and main love is the is the is the format of the comic book, the funny pages, if you will, and that is her. I know for a fact that is her passion in life, and two like two of her biggest passions are crossing. And there's we are not going to just gloss over this. We are going to deep dive into it, and that is a promise. Yes, it'll be awesome. It is basically a blockbuster budget, but without the blockbuster budget. Which is the beauty the of the panels. which is the beauty of drawing. You can make anything that your imagination can conjure. So there is no laws of physics that you have to worry about. Oh, that is very true. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but Jessica is an appreciator of the art to the fact that every year you do an inker panel, right? I do, yes. I do a Forgotten Trio, a spotlight on inkers, letterers, and colorists. You are the antithesis to that monologue at the opening of Chasing Amy. You are there to make sure that these people are recognized for their hard work and effort that they put into our entertainment. And that is a quality that very few people have. And I tell that to everyone, it's like, no, no, she, she is the voice of the voiceless, if you will. So, ironically, one of those people putting voices in other in into other people's mouths. <laughs> Thank you. I try. I, I try. I just I just would like all creative teams to everyone the creative team to be recognized because mm-hmm. everybody does separate work and not everyone mm-hmm. knows that the penciler is not always the colorist who's not always the inker. It's it's a it's a layered. Uh, collaborative art form so yeah all right well uh, i have to make haste so on that note we will wrap this up jessica where can the fine people find more of us you can find us on the kaiju kingdom podcast on facebook it is also our gmail address our website address however on instagram we are the kaiju kingdom because there's just not enough there was a limit i guess on words and we are found wherever podcasts can be downloaded, streamed, and or listened to. We're also on YouTube. Yes, and uh, update on that, I have begun 
the archiving process on YouTube. It is, I do not have a fast processing computer on, uh, to, to my surprise. So it's, we have, we're, this is episode 113. So it's going to take me probably another month or two to get everything up, but, uh, I am slowly getting everything up there and, um, I am working on a couple of videos of the hauls that I brought back from both Comic-Con and GFest for just to show off my trophies, if you will. And um, we're working on a lot of other stuff. I got coverage from all three, all three, all three of the shows that we have been to in the last few weeks. So I'm working on videos for those. But, you know, it, you know, as I say every time, Jessica and I have personal lives and sometimes things get in the way. So finding time has been the, the greatest arch enemy of all that. So uh, bear with us, if you will. And, uh, oh, as you're listening to, hopefully you're checking out our sister show, Common Kaisers, that I host with Arion. Um, I, speaking of Hiroshi earlier, he was on our last episode where we were talking about the movie, uh, uh, um, oh, Saga of the Phoenix. Yes. So um, that show, we talk about the orbit of Kaiju. So the next episode, we're doing this delightful uh, B-movie from Italy called Rats about post-apocalyptic killer rats, which I've never seen. And Arion was very adamant that we watch it. So I, uh, I'm i hoping uh, it'll be a good time. If you want to listen to a great episode, we just did one called um, Thunder of Gigantic Serpent, which kind of falls under this, but it's so goofy and so weird that we did it for that episode. Jessica, it's about a girl who has a pet snake that grows to the size of a kaiju, but it's her best friend, and she plays she plays volleyball with it. It is 100% bonkers. It is the most bonkers thing I've ever seen in my many years of watching cinema. So I uh, hope, and it's on it's on our stream. So if you're subscribe if you if you don't subscribe to us, hopefully you do subscribe to us. But uh, you'll get those episodes as well. And on that note, that will do it for us for this edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. For myself and Jessica. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next time.